Growler Media presents Joe vs. the Minute. Listeners, welcome back to Joe vs. the Minute, where we are taking you to the volcano one minute at a time. I am Jarf. That is Tierney. Hi. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I cue you and then you say hello. That's how the, the podcast works. And we have a guest with us. We are welcoming Niall from Bat Minute Forever. Hello, Niall. Oh, hey. Thanks. Thanks for having me, guys. I do have to ask up front, like, someone's bound to have done it. Like, if you do three, three episodes a week, someone's bound to have come on pretending to be a different person for each minute, right? Like, that's that's got to have happened. George and Crystal Beth switched personalities <laughs> midweek so that was sort of that bit i don't know what you're talking about i love when george crashes into the studio and takes over the show <laughs> and we talk about things other than the movie yeah. i don't think that anyone though nio has just done a full showed up for wednesday's episode with the groucho marks disguise <laughs> and like no i'm somebody else no one's pulled a full meg ryan right. <laughs> no. i got some names uh timmy mcjohnson from uh from down the street that's the worst <laughs> alias ever timmy mcjohnson from down the street jeez let myself it's down good. but that would have been good if someone was sort of nebbish and shy on monday and then very extra on wednesday and then just perfect meg ryan on friday yeah. <laughs> Some of my best friends are Timmy McJohnson from down the street. <laughs> <laughs> like Joey Jojo Junior Joe Shabadoo. That's the worst name I've ever heard. Joe Jojo. Ah, of the Boston Shabadadoos. <laughs> exactly. Well, Tierney and I and Timmy McJohnson from down the street are going to be discussing minute 91 of Joe versus the Volcano, which starts with the chief pronouncing Joe and Patricia married, and it ends with Patricia saying, nobody knows anything, we'll take this leap and we'll see. We'll Mm. jump ellipsis. (laughs) I have to say, I'm so, so happy to get some some Abe Vigoda. Like, I was just like, oh, but, like before I saw the man, I was like, oh, please, God, let Abe Vigoda just show up for, like, a little sliver of time. And he does. He's here for, like, a little sliver of time. A perfect Abe Vigoda sliver. Yeah. <laughs> but he just has his, like, I'm going to go now. <laughs> just, <laughs> right. So good. The grouchy delivery, the eye roll. Yeah. I'm glad that you got some Abe Vigoda, too. So why don't we start there? What's your background with Abe Vigoda. I I imagine that it's not Barney, but no, correct no. me if I'm wrong. Barney? Barney? I only really know the whole Barney thing from uh, the Godfather minute, because they, they're constantly talking about fish. <laughs> I was like, I have no idea what this show is, but like they seem to really love it. I, I actually, I think I kind of first knew him as like in terms of facially, just from the Godfather. Like, that would have been so many people's. Because, you know, I probably would have saw this first, because I would have saw this when I was a kid. But I wouldn't have recognized that that actor is Abe Vigoda. I saw he with the Godfather, then like, oh, that's, you know, Tessio. I like, I like this character. I mostly associate him now, though, with uh, Mask of the Phantasm, which is the the animated Batman movie, which is I will I will say the best Batman movie, uh, the one from strong words from a co-host of Bat Minute. Yeah, yeah, I think some potential talk of like post Batman or Robin, we might be covering Mask of the Phantasm potentially. Like it's it's a it's tough a one to cleanser. 
Pretty much, yeah. It's just like, well, after that, you gotta, like, friggin', like, you're going out to the, the end credits of one of the worst movies ever made, <laughs> and one of the last things you hear is a song by R. Kelly, and it's like, oh, my God, we can't end the show like this. This is, just, this is hideous. <laughs> so it's like, no, we'll have to do, there's been talk of, like, trying to do, like, oh, maybe Lego Batman, but then that's so hard to, to cover, because it's a joke, it's a, it's a movie that's making fun of itself all the time, so it's like, how do you even get a foothold on, like, what are we talking about with this? You can't even joke about the thing. Like, it's just sort of, you know, how do, how do you be irreverent with something that is in, inherently irreverent in itself? Uh, and then I'd worry that Mask of the Phantasm is almost too good a movie. Like, it's just like, oh, everything about it's just absolutely streamlined and perfect. And one of the perfect things in it is Abe Vigoda. He's, um, I don't know if you you guys are familiar with it, but, uh, you know, the general plot line is that there's a, a person, the Phantasm, is killing the gangsters of Gotham. And Abe Vigoda is uh, Sally, S- Salvatore the Weezer Valencia. Uh, this really old, old, old gangster with like a one of those little breathing apparatuses and stuff. Ironically enough, then because you know he's going around with a like facial mask, has to go for help to the Joker, who he he employed when he was Jack Napier. So it's a guy. It's like, oh, it's like a Joker's voice by Mark Hamill. He's having a conversation with a guy who's got the breathing mask. It's like this is very Star Warsy. <laughs> it's a bit weird. <laughs> and yeah, you get to get like you know people love Mark Hamill's Joker already, but like the best scene you'll ever see him in is him talking to Abe Vigoda, where it's just all the you know the oh Batman's gone nuts. First he whacked Tricky Soul, now Buzz, now he's after me. You're the only one who can take him down. And it's just like the Joker, like don't touch me, old man. I don't know where you've been. <laughs> it's absolute gold. So now I mo- mostly associate him like, oh yeah, Abe Vigoda, that guy who was in The Godfather, Mask of the Phantasm, and then Good Burger for God knows what reason. <laughs> but they, they got him there. <laughs> Abe Vigoda's career, man, it is a trip. <laughs> <laughs> but it's a, uh, yeah, so it was, I, I just love him as a presence. Like, I just, uh, I, I remember, I was trying to find the quote, but I couldn't get it easily on Google. I think there's a joke in Seinfeld where I think Abe Vigoda's used as an example of, like, the ugliest man alive or something. <laughs> like, Oh, harsh. Like, I just remember Jerry saying, like, you know, oh, it doesn't matter what she's like on the inside, Abe Vigoda still looks like Abe Vigoda and stuff. <laughs> 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 I was like, oh, poor, poor guy. People keep thinking he's dead. And now Jerry Seinfeld's making fun of him in one of the most successful TV shows of the 90s. Like- That's, I, I remember I was, I grew up outside New York City and I got the radio stations and I listened to the morning show that like once a week or whatever, check in like, is Abe Pagoda still alive? And, <laughs> and they would have it call. Actually, I think the weekly thing, I think it was maybe every day there was a different celebrity and you could call in and the first person to call in like, yes, they're alive or yes, they're dead. <laughs> won a prize or something like that but it always started with like Abe Vigoda watch <laughs> <laughs> I think that's how it began anyway yeah that was our big entertainment driving into high school every day <laughs> it's something if he went above and beyond the call of duty and then like he's like he's not actually dead like since 2016 like oh, Abe Vigoda's in hiding he's just gonna come back someday and be like no I'm still here <laughs> I love his little, I'm going now. And the contrast between him and the sweetness of Patricia and Joe is just perfect. What I love is when he first pronounces you're married, Patricia is smiling at him and Joe is staring at her. And it is the best, most loving look. <laughs> it is it is absolute gold. And then they like do the laugh and quick kiss. Like it's, it's just, it's very sweet. 
Yeah. It's a very sweet wedding. I really like it. And then the the contrast of that and Ava goes, I'm going down. <laughs> so how else do you get out of that scene? So <laughs> that's the thing, though. Like, if, if you guys talked about, like, talking about, like, all oh, the inherent, like, Tom Hanks is an inherently sweet kind of guy. Like, you can't really, I know he has tried to branch out into, like, hard drama and stuff with Road to Perdition, but it's just like, uh, it's, I think he was actually quite good at it, but people won't accept it about him. It's just like, mm-hmm. I remember actually that movie coming out and people actively saying, like, because it was post 9-11, they're like, this isn't the Tom Hanks we want. Like, not now. Like, you could have made this movie in <laughs> the mid-90s. Not now, 90- Tom. <laughs> yeah, it's like, if you had made this in the mid-90s, people would have been like, oh, this is great. But now it's just like, we need, we need the terminal. Like, we need Hollywood dad boy Tom <laughs> yeah, Hanks. Yeah, yeah. But the thing is, again, for most, you know, on Batman, we're covering Batman forever. The rumor is persistent that before Val Kilmer signed on the dotted line, he was, apparently Tom Hanks was in contention to play Batman, to take over from Keaton. And that's one of those things My of like- My heart just grew three sizes. I can't <laughs> imagine it, but I love trying to. <laughs> as well, I can't picture it though. Like, I think I get their mentality is like, oh, it's like a Michael Keaton type. Because, he, the, you know, Michael Keaton yeah. was just kind of a, like a, a very average, kind of slightly schlubby sort of looking fella and, you know, curly hair and stuff. Like, And he wasn't the kind of guy you'd think could play Batman. But then, you know, they did. He did a great job. But the thing is- with Keaton is like, well, he was coming from like edgy material, like clean and sober and like even playing Beetlejuice is like, oh, this guy can do like dark and weird stuff and whatnot. Tom Hanks is just like, I, I can't picture him getting in. Tom like Hanks this. doesn't do dark. Yeah. <laughs> this, particularly through in the 90s. Like this is, you know, that would have been coming off like, let's suppose they, well, but maybe it would be coming after Philadelphia and things like that. So it's like, I guess he's been more serious there, but it would have been, I guess like that's 94 and Batman Forever is 95. It's so, you would have had like Forrest Gump, basically. It's mm-hmm. like, Forrest Gump can't be Batman. That's that is, <laughs> that's just now been far, far, far too, too distracting. Like, I think... It does not compute. I could maybe, maybe see him as Two-Face. Oh. If, if you mm. have to recast Two-Face from Billy Dee Williams, which you shouldn't have in the first place, but let's say for some reason you have to. I think that would have been interesting. <laughs> That's what the Joel Schumacher's excuse is that he couldn't, much like I'm saying, like, I can't picture Tom Hanks as uh, as Batman. Like, he's no. just too, he's too sweet a guy. I think Joel Schumacher's excuse for Billy D. Williams is like, I see him as too much as of a heroic type. He just seems like Clark Gable to me. And I can't imagine that as Two-Face. And I was like, he was, he was offered the damn part back in 89, dude. You can't just rip it out from under him. <laughs> I have a horrible vision in my head now. We're going to have to change the subject, but I'm sorry in advance. Of Tom Hanks playing the Riddler. Ah. And he's hamming it up so much. <laughs> I can picture him doing it. I don't enjoy it. I don't like it. I don't want it. No. <laughs> but I can picture it. No. <laughs> A lot easier than I can picture Batman. <laughs> Hollywood dad boy Tom Hanks in green tights doing yep. pelvic thrusts. No, yep. no, no. <laughs> but, and then like want. the big, the big, st- yeah. But you know, he would and he would have like done the Latin, the head mo- yeah. Basically, I am Abe Vigoda in that situation. Yeah. I'm leaving now. <laughs> Luckily, in our movie right now, Tom Hanks is being charming. The embarrassed laugh is so like the two of them are finally on the same page. It's beautiful. He's wearing a tux. Everything's fine. No pelvic thrusts are involved. And Jarf, I realized rewatching this minute to get ready that I owe you an apology from last week. Last minute, you were talking about not liking the gender dynamics of Patricia being like, well, I want you to marry me before you die. And I poo-pooed it. And I realized, I mean, 
I think I made some pretty good points, but really I could not divorce that minute from this minute. Right. I could not, knowing that this minute was coming and that hero Patricia is back 110%, I could not see her proposal essentially in that light. Because to me, it was so obvious that this is a woman who does what she wants and she is doing it for her. She's doing it because she happens to want it. So screw everyone. Stop the ceremony. We're going to do this first. And I, yeah. Well, apology accepted. We weren't there yet. We weren't there yet. And that's, that's on me being like kind of superimposing that attitude over last minute. Yeah. Yeah. Because this minute is like, to me, the return of hero Patricia. And I love that she's not a great hero. She is a flawed person. She is a bossy, kind of self-centered, but heroic person. And I love it. (laughs) Oh, yeah. I've never related to anything more than... You know, you're not the only one with last words. Okay, you, you've you got the floor. I can't think of anything to say. <laughs> Absolutely. I just adore, I love, Um, it's awful, but like when he's putting the, when he's saying like, these are my last words, she's just silently shaking. She's got her mouth open. She's just shaking her head no ever so slightly. I mean, it is awful that she's like, don't jump in. It's like, Patricia, no, but... <laughs> See, everyone in it's taking it like a champ, though. I guess that's just the nature of the movie. It's just like, you know, as soon as the ceremony's over, he's just like, well, gonna go jump in this volcano now. <laughs> it's like, none of the abject terror. Like, there is, mm-hmm. that's there, but they're playing it very, very light because you have to, because it's it's a fairy tale, basically. Oh, man. Can you imagine, like, stepping out onto that set, knowing that that face is what it looks like, and, like, someone's there with a fire extinguisher blowing steam up at you, and you're Tom <laughs> Hanks, and you gotta, like, put your arm up against the rocks that are just like you know someone's just like tossing them into the air below him out of sight of the camera (laughs) you know i think the world's been spoiled for like people standing over a volcano now like you're instantly getting flashes of like you want them like like patricia to look back and see hugo weaven standing there going like cast him into the fire like (laughs) it's just just there now you're just like i see a volcano all i'm thinking is lord of the rings the whole time (laughs) oh no this is this is shaky cam volcano land yeah (laughs) They see, like, Joe jumps in and he actually lands on, like, a little bit of rock that has to disintegrate beneath him. And everyone's so tense because he's not quite in the lava yet. And it's like, oh, my God. It's like, just stretch that. This movie's already three and a half hours. Just stretch it out a couple of minutes more (laughs) by making that even longer. Let's make another ending. It'll be fine. (laughs) Well, also note as well, though, that um, I'm sure it's complete coincidence. But within, you know, at the end of the wedding ceremony, of course, they have the classic wedding march, you know, the... Which is, um, you know, it's by... It's uh, Felix Mendelssohn like did that originally, and uh, yeah. I didn't realize that apparently it was originally written to be incidental music for A Midsummer Night's Dream, which is like I guess that's kind of appropriate considering this movie is it's a fairy tale basically, and that was Shakespeare doing fairy tale like oh there's literal fairies and stuff in it <laughs> so i wonder like at any point in anybody's mind they're like oh that's weirdly appropriate that it's it's music from a, a play about that is a fairy tale and that we're using it within this within the context of this as well or I is it just that. like yeah, yeah. I, I love that connection but i can't imagine though if you if you went up to like john patrick shanley you'd just be like what <laughs> no <laughs> it was just the wedding song it's the wedding song uh and for our listeners who are not yet married but are catholic temper your expectations that is not a church song yeah yeah some churches will let you do it but not all of them so That's, i've only been to like two three no four weddings actually 
And I've always been disappointed, like, particularly with my brothers, because that was, like, full-on church do. Like, a lot of the other mm-hmm. ones I've been to have been, like, oh, you know, this, this, this the, it's the civil ceremony kind of thing. Ah. Uh, like, a not, not religious element to it. But my brothers was religious. And, like, they went and sat in chairs at the side of the altar. And there was none of this oh. holding hands in the middle with the priest standing in front of it. It was all, and there was none of the, like, if anyone has any objections. I was there. Yeah, no objections. Yeah. <laughs> but I was there for the wedding cliches. I'm like, I'm, I am so into this. Like, I am ready for everything I've been prepped for on TV throughout all these years. I want to see it happen. And then it's like, no, that's not a, what a, that's Very not what much a, not what happens. Like, oh. <laughs> my big uh, requests were, my only attendants were my sister, maid of honor, and the best man was my husband's college roommate, best friend, both of whom had been music majors and were music teachers. And their only request was, please don't do the canon. <laughs> Pocket Pills Katie, they're like, We've played it so many times, like, our eyes start twitching. Like, you can't do that to us. (laughs) So we did not have that. And then we did do the Corinthians reading. So we embodied a little bit of the stereotype. What's the canon? Uh... Oh yeah, yeah. I'm I'm getting big wedding vibes from that. I was picturing like kaboom. <laughs> oh, if it had had an actual canon in it, we would have done it. I don't care. <laughs> the 1812 overtures. I went down the aisle. Yeah, that sounds about right. Imagine like that. No, that's the way weddings are supposed to end. Jarf is like you. The couple get into a cannon, and then they're, they're shot into the sky. And if they survive. Then the wedding, <laughs> the wedding is blessed. Oh, actually, oh my god, I didn't realize. <laughs> Spoilers for uh, future minutes here. <laughs> I love like the way she looks around when she comes out onto the platform. Like she's kind of still like, this is probably a bad idea, but I'm doing it anyway. I'm doing it anyway. She's just like staring down at the lava, and she kind of. When she says, I'm jumping in too, the look she gives him is kind of, like, annoyed with him almost. <laughs> like, there's just a very good, like, exasperated with him arguing with her about this. So she's just like, you're not going to win this argument, so get over it. <laughs> yeah. I, do, uh, I like the fact that they, they, they temper this. We are both planning to commit suicide, basically. Mm-hmm. It's been treated as if, like, he said to her, oh, come jump into this really cold swimming pool with me. Like, this has got this kind of, like, okay. 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 Yeah. It's, it's, it'll be fine. It'll be fine. <laughs> it's just like again too, because like this is a kids movie, but it's essentially like the climax of this could be potentially the couple just jump in and die. <laughs> and yeah. That was yeah. that's what you were sitting an hour and a half waiting for that to happen. Psychologically, I find it fascinating that they don't make eye contact out here on this ledge until he says, "Don't do it for me," and she says, "I'm not doing it for you." That's the first time they actually look at each other in this whole little back and forth out here. And this whole, and then of course, you know, it it rumbles shaky cams and they (laughs) grab each other in each other's arms. And then she starts this absolutely beautiful line. Jarf, why are all of Patricia's beautiful, meaningful life philosophy lines broken up over different minutes? Yeah, it's it's (laughs) definitely- How did they know? (laughs) It's definitely not fair. But what I found interesting, Tierney, you said, hero Patricia is back. And what I'm getting out of this is that Patricia is bringing a, a completely different perspective on what they're about to do than what Joe would have had alone. Because he, as we were saying, is sort of nonchalant, 
resigned whelp, I'm going to do it. And she's the one that introduces this idea that's, that begins this minute and carries over into the next that they're going to hope for a miracle. So I think that that is an important part of the balance. And it, and it gave me a deeper appreciation for her part in the story. She's not there just to look gorgeous in that dress. <laughs> they do both look great, though. <laughs> they both look amazing. <laughs> have you guys ever, like, have you trolled the internet to find, like, has anyone ever done, like, a Joe versus the volcano-themed wedding? You know, people do, like, oh, yeah, they're dressing up as, like, things from Lord of the Rings or things like that. Well, like, the Catholic Church really frowned upon that. <laughs> <laughs> but imagine, though, like, in Vegas, you know, people are getting married by Elvis impersonators and stuff. Someone out there who's maybe not as into the religious aspect might like, oh, I like the yeah. ceremony of it. But like, yeah, I want to dress up as Meg Ryan. I want my husband to dress up as Tom Hanks. And I want to do it over this the thing designed to look like a volcano and stuff like that. Like, it seems like <laughs> something if you went on Pinterest. With or the like, crazy arch. <laughs> yeah, like, it, it strikes me as something like, oh, somebody, somebody's bound to have done that. I know this isn't the, like, the, the biggest movie ever made or everything, but like, it's got enough of a following where someone well, um, would have wanted that. What's the rule in the internet? Anything you imagine, there's porn of it on the internet. <laughs> Let me tell you, as someone who had to plan a wedding, Pinterest, wedding boards, anything you could imagine someone has done as a wedding theme. <laughs> anything you can imagine. Actually, the best. I cannot remember which wedding show it was, but it was one of those reality shows. And it was all about like these different themed weddings. I cannot remember which one it was. This is driving me nuts. But someone did a Phantom of the Opera themed wedding because it was the most romantic story. Oh, my God. <laughs> and again, my sister, the music major, and I, like... She's like, I thought you were joking. It's the only time I've ever seen someone actually go slack-jawed and, like, just staring with their mouth open. Like, it's just getting stupider the more we watch it. (laughs) They had crashed candelabra centerpieces at the reception, and we're just staring at it like, what is happening? And she's like, it's so romantic. And we're like, oh, my God, this poor woman. (laughs) She doesn't get Phantom of the Opera at all. Yeah. And people laughed at my Texas Chainsaw Massacre-themed wedding. (laughs) How rude. (laughs) You smile and you say, wow, it came out just as you imagined it, didn't it? (laughs) (laughs) But to answer your question, Niall, no, we haven't found anyone doing a themed wedding, but I did find someone who made a Joe versus a Volcano-themed 20th anniversary wedding (gasps) uh, cake. Yeah, it was really cool with the volcano and the factory that has the same face as Mask and and the the Tweedledee (laughs) sailboat. The trunks are on there. It's super cool. I shared it on our Instagram. Ah, I think if you do that, though, then whoever's cutting the cake has to try to cut it into the shape of that lightning bolt. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) obviously. (laughs) Yeah. But uh, no, it just reminds me of things like people, you know, public perception of things is so odd as well. Because I'm fairly certain on Tumblr and whatnot back in the day, you would have seen like, you know, like Beetlejuice themed weddings where you're like (laughs) dressed up as Winona Ryder's like, you know that's he's the bad I guy forcing you, her seeing beetlejuice themed weddings now yeah it's <laughs> yeah. just like you know she's like a child bride that he's forcing into this wedding and stuff like there's nothing romantic <laughs> about it you're not supposed to be rooting for this guys yes, they, they made a musical about it and they had to write a whole song about how wrong it was with the, the, the fact that they were getting married and stuff <laughs> but joe versus volcano though is like oh no, that'd be quite a sweet wedding uh you know 
whether you want to take it like, well, they're planning to kill themselves for each other, I guess. Yeah, maybe <laughs> but, you leave out that part. <laughs> yeah. You put like, oh, put like some, do it over a pool, put some like, maybe orange jello in there, and then people <laughs> jump into that. There you go. You're done. <laughs> Delightful. Instead of confetti, people have fire extinguishers and they're just spraying them with what looks like steam. There you go. It's perfect. Yeah. It's perfect. <laughs> they're bringing it back to Vagoda. <laughs> It all comes back to Vagoda. <laughs> I do like it. The, like, we'll get to it, but like within when everything starts going down on the island, there is just a little final shot of him. Like there he is. Say your goodbyes. Like he's. <laughs> we at least give him a, a parting. The grill night approach. <laughs> I was actually kind of wondering if the little bit of Waponies that we get this week is the very last we see them. I can't remember if we see any more. No, we see them running in terror. <laughs> That is the, that's the, well, that might be better to save for like a later minute though, but it is just kind of messed up that like, oh, it's okay. These two are fine, but this whole island, they're all dead. You know, it's, it's a little. They address it. <laughs> <laughs> well, since we have moved on to destroying the island, we should probably wrap up this minute because we haven't even jumped yet and we're already seeing what happens. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just so eager. I'm, I'm as eager as Tom Hanks is here to, or sorry, Joe. That's one of those things yeah. like, in case I can't remember his character's name. And I was like, oh, wait, no, it's definitely Joe. But yes, as eager as Joe Banks to jump into this, uh, this giant molten nightmare that is beneath. <laughs> nice. Well, we stand on the precipice of a pretty exciting week. And we're thrilled that you could join us today. I hope that you or one of your doppelgangers can join us uh, on Wednesday. But before that, do you want to let our listeners know where they can find you online? Oh, yeah. Well, uh, you can hear more of me on Bat Minutes, which is sort of the blanket name for the whole show. Currently, you know, we're doing what you guys are doing, but with the Batman movies from 1989 up to and including 97 and potentially beyond now because we're, we're right on the precipice. We are now much like Joe Banks and Patricia now staring into the, the volcano that is Batman and Robin. Uh, <laughs> getting ready to jump. Uh, we're currently in the middle of, uh, well, actually quite late in the day of recording of uh, for Batman Forever now, even though it seems like... Like, like Tyranny was like the, the, the first guest on that yeah. season. Feels like we yeah. recorded that like three weeks ago. Apparently, like, no, that was like 40 <laughs> weeks ago or something. <laughs> yeah, so we're near near the end of Batman Forever. We've done 89 and Returns already, both of which uh, you guys featured in Returns and Forever. And, you know, we'll be wrapping up the third season pretty soon. Or soon-ish. Probably within the next couple of months. It's actually not actually that soon. And then, yeah, we'll be getting into Batman and Robin down the line, too. So it's it's you all know, happening. <laughs> it's a product of my age. It's a product of only having been really invested in returns before that. Granted that it's a bad movie, I really liked Batman and Robin. <laughs> so I think you guys can just have an absolute ball with oh, that. Yeah. I think it's, I'm just troubled the fact that it's like, I have to let go, I think is the problem. Because like, I was re-watching it, because the one I've seen the least, I've seen it a couple of times, but it's the one of like, I usually watch it when people are around and having a few drinks and stuff. And I was like, I better watch it sober, because I'm going to need to become familiar with this movie again. And like midway through just watching it normally, I was like, oh. Remember when Batman was good, though? Like, this is all Aww. fun and stuff. <laughs> yeah. Like, this is a funny movie, and I'm enjoying the, how crazy it is. But it's like, remember in, like, 89 when, like, they had the whole, like, oh, after what happened to Johnny Gobbs? And you see, like, Batman silhouette come down. Like, remember how cool that was? How much I loved talking about that? And now it's like, yeah, you you ain't gonna, you, you can't go back to that now. That's all in the past. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> 
So I was like, okay, well, I'm, I'm, again, I'm just, I'm like, I'm like Joe and Patricia here, just going. You'll okay. jump and you'll see. Yeah, okay. <laughs> let's let's hope for a miracle. You never know. Maybe I'll we'll go and they've replaced it with this dark noir version of Batman and Robin. Somehow reality has changed, and that was always the movie the whole time. <laughs> nice. Well, listeners, I definitely recommend you check out Bat Minute. Like now said, you can hear a little bit more of Tyranny and I here and there, and it's one of my personal faves. So recommend and uh, we have a great week in store for you where we are going to see the resolution of this daredevil plot that Joe and Patricia have, but you'll have to wait until Wednesday for that. In the meantime, you can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Joe versus Minute. And that's all we have for you for Minute 91. So where to now, Tierney? Into the molten hot lava, of course. Into the molten hot lava. Wow, something is really different. I'm a growler.